Hello, this is Gurmeher from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 9th of February. The controversy around the Adani group is refusing to die down in Parliament. A day after Congress MP Rahul Gandhi objected to the removal of his remarks from Lok Sabha records, his party's president and the leader of the opposition in Rajya Sabha raised similar concerns. Malikarjan Kharge asked why parts of his speech on Prime Minister Narendra Modi were also removed from Parliament records. Addressing the Rajya Sabha chairperson and vice president, Jagdeep Dhankar, Kharge said, and I quote, I don't think there was anything unparliamentary or accusatory against anyone in my speech, but a few words were misconstrued. If you have any doubt, you could have asked in a different way, but you have asked for my words in six places to be expunged, unquote. Dhankar, however, said the chairman is the ultimate defender of the leader of the opposition. Kharge said the prime minister has failed to answer the questions he raised a day before. Facing a volume of allegations linked to the Adani group controversy during the stormy budget session, Prime Minister Narendra Modi had, on Wednesday, hit back at the opposition's charges. However, he skirted the mention of Adani and left Rahul Gandhi's five major questions on the issue unanswered. Opposition leaders, including Congress MP Rahul Gandhi, have claimed that Prime Minister Modi facilitated the exponential rise of the Adani group, which is now mired in controversy ever since the Hindenburg report accused it of stock manipulation and accounting fraud. The opposition continues to press for its demand for a joint parliamentary panel probe into the allegations, with parliamentary proceedings being repeatedly disrupted. The Rajya Sabha chairman on Thursday tried to begin a discussion on the union budget, but the proceedings were stalled as opposition leaders demanded a point of order to initiate a debate. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Modi also addressed the Rajya Sabha today amid sloganeering by the opposition MPs. He did not mention Adani but spoke at length about the Congress's failures, the BJP government's welfare schemes and the economic crisis in neighbouring countries. The US State Department has accepted the suggestions of a presidential commission aimed at reducing the growing backlog of visas in India. The commission observed that lengthy visa appointment delays were causing major headaches for students and visitors who planned to come to the US. It recommended allowing virtual interviews where possible, opening up American diplomatic missions outside of India for visa appointments and increasing resources to process the visa applications. The US embassy in India processed over 1 lakh applications in January 2023, their highest in a month in years. The President's Advisory Commission on Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders had recommended several steps to reduce the visa appointment wait times in India and other countries like Pakistan, Nepal and Bangladesh. It suggested hiring new full-time officers, consular staff, contractors or bringing back retired consular officers to clear the backlog as well as using staff from other embassies around the world to help with the backlog. The State Department also recently implemented remote processing of interview waiver cases and launched special interview days for first-time applicants to help reduce the wait time. With waiting periods for first-time B1 B2 visa applicants in India reaching nearly 3 years, the US State Department is taking several steps to address growing concerns. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear a petition seeking a probe into the Adani controversy on Friday. The petition filed by advocate Vishal Tiwari seeks a direction to the center to form a panel monitored by a retired Supreme Court judge to look into allegations made by the Hindenburg report. The court is set to hear another petition linked to the issue tomorrow. Filed by advocate ML Sharma last week, the petition seeks to declare short selling as an act of fraud and to investigate Hindenburg's founder Nathan Anderson. The two petitions may be tagged together for a hearing on Friday. The Hindenburg report triggered an uproar on 24th of January when it accused the Adani group of widespread manipulation and malpractice to inflate its stock prices. The Adani group countered these allegations with a 413-page reply labeling the report as an attack against India. 
Hindenburg responded with a rejoinder stating that fraud cannot be obfuscated by nationalism and stood by its findings. There has been a significant drop in the Adani Group stock prices with the company's FPO recalled. Listeners, a 32-year-old man from Gandhinagar recently lost his life while attempting to cross the border to US. But he is one of the many victims of dangerous world of illegal immigration. Our new NL Sena series, Ways to Disappear, will look at the hidden camps run by touts and try to uncover the truth behind the American dream which have fatal consequences. Contribute to this NL Sena project to help us tell the story. We bring you such analysis and reports only because you've got our back. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. A subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. According to the Indian government, almost all 100 cities selected under the Smart Cities missions are progressing fairly well. Union Minister for Housing and Urban Finance, Hardeep Singh Puri, said progress is affected in some cities due to COVID-19 and local factors. The remark came in response to a question by Congress MP Shashi Tharoor in the Lok Sabha. Tharoor tried to point out discrepancies in the implementation of the project. He compared the progress in Varanasi and Atal Nagar in Chhattisgarh, pointing out that most projects in Varanasi were complete, but only a few had been finished in Atal Nagar. In response, Puri said it is important to carefully read the facts and figures when comparing the progress. He said that sometimes a project may seem to have slow progress, but in reality, very little work may be left before its completion. He also mentioned that the state governments play a significant role in the implementation of these projects. Puri added that in places where local MPs and elected representatives take an active interest, there is a noticeable difference in the progress of the projects. The Smart Cities mission was launched in June 2015 and the 100 cities were selected through four rounds of competition from January 2016 to June 2018. The initiative aims to develop cities that are sustainable, livable and economically viable. The earthquakes that hit southern Turkey and northern Syria have caused a devastating loss of nearly 16,000 lives. With essential resources such as shelter, water, fuel and electricity in short supply, the World Health Organization is worried about the ongoing dangers faced by survivors. The WHO warns that there is a risk of secondary disaster that could impact even more people. Despite the tireless efforts of rescue teams, hope for survival of those trapped under the rubble is rapidly fading. The growing frustration over the slow progress of rescue efforts has prompted dozens of charities to launch an appeal to raise funds for the victims of the earthquake. Meanwhile, Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan has defended the government's response to the earthquake saying that it was impossible to prepare for the scale of the disaster. This came after criticism that the emergency response was too slow and the government was not prepared. Erdogan acknowledged that the government faced some challenges but stated that the situation is now under control. The leader of Turkey's main opposition party, Kemal Kılıçdaro, has criticized Erdogan and said that he is responsible for the disaster. Erdogan rejected the accusation and called for unity in the aftermath of the tragedy. Many survivors are spending the third night in freezing conditions and the WHO warns that they could face significant injuries caused by freezing temperatures. The organizations say that they are in danger of seeing a secondary disaster that could impact more people than the initial earthquake if they don't act quickly. In Syria, the relief efforts have been hindered by years of conflict that have destroyed the nation's infrastructure. The Bab al-Hawa crossing between Turkey and Syria has been closed since the earthquake and the roads have been badly damaged. Turkey's foreign minister Mevlüt Cavusoglu has confirmed that the country is working to open two more border crossings to enable the delivery of much-needed supplies to Syria. The EU has confirmed that it will send 3.5 million euros in aid to Syria, but the aid must be delivered to both government and rebel-controlled areas. More than 1500 people have died in Idlib province alone.
and an advisor to Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has said that sanctions are preventing Syria from receiving the aid it needs. Political and media advisor to the President of Syria, Putunia Shaban, said, and I quote, We do not have enough bulldozers, we do not have enough cranes, we do not have enough oil due to European and American sanctions, unquote. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.